Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old For This, here on the Eternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today is... CDL113. The Dot Bob. And the token Patience Gone Turkey. And today we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. I have yet to watch it. I have only heard bad things. I have heard things from... Uh, Todd and Manuel, truthfully, Danny too. Right before, the, right before we start recording, uh, and I was verbally assaulted this morning by a coworker who had seen it and was not pleased. So I may recount some of his uh, some of his comments. But uh, well, one of you guys that has watched it better kick us off. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I will, I will preface that by going. I was looking forward to it. I didn't know when HBO Max was going to drop it. So I actually stayed up to midnight Christmas Eve thinking, oh, I'm going to watch this just in case, you know, everybody and their mama watches and the site crashes, I'm going to get it early. And they and when I went on there, they were like, you know, it's it's we're dropping it at 12 noon on Christmas. Yeah. Cause Sweet. Jennifer and I did the same thing. We were already up because, you know, holiday, we didn't go anywhere. So we were already up. And it's like, oh, Got to wait until 12 tomorrow. Well, I guess we're waiting until 12 tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Jennifer was looking forward to it. She really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. And uh, she was disappointed when, you know, COVID kind of knocked everything in, in the in the head about going to theaters. So it's like, well, okay, we'll, you know, we can watch it this way. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. I had been watching the, uh, the buildup on Cartoon Network. Because I watched Wonder Woman Bloodlines that the Saturday before. And that's a damn good flick. So I was, I told Jason about it. I was like, man, if you ever get a chance to see Wonder Woman Bloodlines, watch that shit. So I was hyped. And I like Wonder Woman as a character. Yeah. I was, I was all right on the first movie. It was, it was, I won't say it's, it's only one of two DCEU movies that I saw twice in the theater. No, hell. I saw it more than twice. Yeah, because you went. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, it is true because that was the that was the third time I'd seen that. So yeah, I actually saw it three times. So yeah, it beats everything. I got drugged to Superman be Batman a second time. Let's not talk about it. Anyway, uh, so I was looking forward to it, and it's two and a half hours of my life that I won't get back. Well, I'll I'll say this: uh, another person that I've conversed with on the internet, you know, they watched the first Wonder Woman with their kids. Their kids were kind of young when it first came out, so they rewatched it. And he was making comments. Him and his wife were talking about when they were kids, they watched the Wonder Woman TV show. Well, his oldest boy was like 10 or 11 by now and was like, there was a TV show? And so, you know, with access to it, they pulled up the old Wonder Woman shows, and that was kind of a COVID thing that they sat and watched the shows together. And the kid was like, that was great, you know, because, you know, for the kid, you know, when it's set in the World War II, he got that. That was a period thing. When it's set in modern day in the 70s, he laughed because because <laughs> it's still World War II to him. Yeah. Well, that and, it, you know, some of the outfits that he sees them wear. Hey, there's pictures of grandma and grandpa when they were young wearing those outfits, you know. So the kid had something to, you know, preface it by. And really enjoyed watching the shows with his parents. He said they watched this one, the 84, 
and the kid was like, that was crap. You know, you know, the, he, the kid enjoyed the fight scenes. Because he hates women. But even the kid was pointing out plot holes, and it's like. It's because the kid hates women. What? Kid hates women. That's, that's, oh, that's blatantly God. obvious. <laughs> oh. Uh, I will well, preface. I mean, that, to be fair, that's because of cooties. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, well, yeah. I will preface. she's got it more than cooties. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing. Can't get rid of it. I will preface this. Uh, Cheetah, they didn't get her, the character completely right as far as her origin story. But the way they handled her on screen when she had the human look and then when she went beast mode, Cheetah looked okay. You know, I'm not angry. You know, the, the actress that played Cheetah. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. yeah. With what they gave her to work with, she did okay. I'll say that. Diana, the you know uh, Gal Gadot, she looked fine as as Wonder Woman. But when plot goes through, yeah, then I got a lot of uh, issues. Um, first one being Diana and Steve. Save the big one for last. Oh yeah, well, they stole a plane. You know. So they they uh, they just out and out steal a plane, and then she magically turns it invisible. But the uh, big thing is, Steve's flying a f modern day two seater fighter jet, and he would not have the knowledge to even turn the thing on. But yet, when they jump into the cockpit, he's flipping switches like he's done it every day of his life. Oh, come on, Danny. How much difference is between a World War One prop airplane and, like, an F-16 or whatever they were stealing? Quite a bit. No. A World War One fighter plane or plane in general probably had three to four switches at the most, and there's, like, 15, 20 switches on one panel on that fighter plane that they jump in, and he starts flipping switches left and right and cranks that sucker up and takes off with no problem. And it's like, uh, no. He's just that good, man. Apparently. And it's like Todd made the comment earlier, or you made the, asked the question earlier that, you know, was he around watching other pilots as a ghost? No. He, they, they pretty much clear up the fact of, well, where were you during all this? Don't know. Have no knowledge of it. I died, and then I'm here. And it, and, and, boom. Before he steals the plane, they make a big deal out of this is brand new to it. Ooh, look at look at that! It was like, oh, you can't wait to ride it, ride in it. I can't wait to fly. You know, yeah. that was well, that was a big deal for him. Yeah, because Diana, as her day job, is a curator at the Smithsonian, and she takes him to the Air and Space uh, Building, and he's like a kid in a candy store looking at all these, you know new planes and spaceships and you know it, to him this is oh this is the greatest and then at one point in the movie they've got to get to another country she just takes him to the uh, section and they steal a plane just happen to have one fully fueled and ready to go but he gets in it and flies it like he's done it all of his life now like jason made a comment when we were off the air that well if he was a pilot and they they're already in flight he could sit there and hold the stick and the pedals and keep it going in a direction. Yeah, I'll give you that. 
but to crank that son of a gun up and fly it, no. Because I've got a, a friend that I used to go to church with that's a pilot. And he had been flying, you know, little small Cessnas since he was like 12 years old because his dad was a pilot in the military and taught him to fly in a Cessna. When his dad was, you know, his dad was in one of those restoration groups where they would restore old military planes for historical things and they would fly them also. He got to go on a flight with his dad in one of those World War II bombers. Well, his dad and another guy were piloting and they asked him if he wanted to come up and take the stick. Yeah, he said, I was able to keep that thing, you know, up in the air. But he said, I'm looking at this instrument panel going, what in the world are all these, you know, things for? And they were pointed out, oh, that's such and such, that's such and such, that's so and so. And this is just, you know, a World War II era plane that had all these bells mm -hmm. and whistles. Imagine the difference between World War One to modern day aircraft. It's modern day 1984. Oh, excuse me, 1984. That That's going to be over his head. To be fair, 1984, the basics of the computerized airplane were there yeah 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 like it, it you it's going from the manual pump and pull stick to the computerized systems it's that jump it still somebody he'd have no damn clue what any of no, i mean like that's that's the biggest jump you can make he yeah. went from the analog version to the electronic version mm -hmm. that's the biggest technological jump you can make you're literally talking about a man that, truthfully, television should have been like magic to him. Well, they even make comment about you know because he's you know playing with the remote, and he, he you know he was amazed at the the remote and the television, and you know if he's getting wigged out about that, I mean, they're walking through a, a park and she goes, oh, it's art because they had this big you know modern art piece. Well, he stops and he's looking at something. It's a freaking trash can. He thought it was art. Well, yes, that was the joke because the art was weird. Was weird. But I'm talking as someone whose father was little in World War II. They didn't have TV. No. Then, for somebody in World War One to see TV even in the '80s would have been like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. It, you know, this is the same guy that tried to ride to Diana's place on an exercise bike. Yes. Yeah. Well, I tried to get this bike to work and oh, what the hell happened? Because that's one of the jokes in it. Yeah. But yet he's able to jump in a, 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 a modern for 84 plane. Yeah, fly. fly it like he's done it all. As a, well, even when they were in a car. Yeah, that didn't freak him out. He acted like, he well, he drove at one point. And it's like, yeah, cars didn't look like that in your day. No, okay, but the basics that, of how you enough, drive uh, might not have changed that's that enough much. on that one plot hole because they're a metric yeah. ton of plot holes to yeah. get to. But also uh, for the car, the way you drive a car, gas accelerate brake is still the same. Yeah. The car, I can see somebody managing to pull off. The plane, yeah, the plane just, that'd be a, that would be a immersion kind of break point for me. Well, that like I said, there were there were several plot holes in that thing. Um, I was less forgiving of Cheetah. I liked, I liked Kristen Wiig's character, even though it's something I've seen done better in as by Jim Carrey in Batman 
forever and by Jamie Foxx and Spider-Man 2. It was the typical nebbish, nerd, nice person that gets powered and goes wacko. I, I've seen it. You know, yeah. it's it's a trope. It's not a particularly offensive trope or something like that, but it, you know, it ain't reinventing the wheel by no stretch of the imagination. The problem that I had with her is she got two wishes, which is another plot hole. Yeah. So in regards to, in regards to her as Cheetah, uh, my buddy at work, I'll call him D. Uh, he actually pointed that out as a trope that he hates in movies, not the nebbish one. The other trope about her: put glasses on her, and she's an ugly chick. Take the glasses off, and then suddenly people see her as hot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jen- Jennifer even in uh, in one of the scenes where she's that that nerdish bookworm, this, that, and the other, and I mean, her clothes look horrible on her, right? Mm. And she falls asleep in her office the night, like she makes the wish, and when she wakes up the next morning, her hair is, you know, is kind Dust of fishing all that stuff. So she just kind of like touches her hair, and all of a sudden she's got this great hairstyle. She's wearing these baggy pants. She takes them off, and the shirt that she was wearing, she, she pulls it down. down and makes a dress out of the shirt, puts her heels back on, and all of a sudden, all the guys in the office are like ooing. And that was not a plot hole. That was the magic. Yeah, that, that was, was the magic. But it was like all of a sudden, what was her shirt is now a dress. Yeah, yeah. she pulled her. She pulled her shirt down. That part did not bother me because when you go, well, that don't make sense. Well, that's literally the damn wish. Yeah. I don't mind shit that was actually the witch. And to be fair, mind shit when when you break the canon. And to be the fair, some of the hairstyles in the eighties would have looked yeah. like that. You know, would look like you slept on it funny. Yeah, but that's that's the trick. Is it didn't matter what what she actually looked like. It was the magic she had made a witch. So that that I don't fault them for because that's not supposed to make sense. It was the witch. Well, that's true. That is true. You had to. They had to show that the wish was taking place, and her wish was, "I want to be strong and sexy like Diana." Diana got a lot of male attention, so when the wish took took place, yeah, it didn't make no difference. It, hell, she looked like she'd slept in the office because she had, because that was the wish. Yeah. Because from then on, in fact, like the Asian guy that she had tried to talk to that didn't pay no attention to her, you know, he was hanging around her like a fly. Yeah. That was just a witch. I don't have a problem with that. The problem there is you get to make one wish, and she made two because you got to the end of the movie and she still wasn't cheetah. So she needed to make another wish. Yeah. And Pascal, who had been running around as Maxwell, was it Maxwell? Maxwell Lord. Ma- Maxwell Lord. Like he would ask somebody, what's your wish? And they would say, granted. And then they would get their wish, but they would also get the, the downside of it. She's running around, already made her wish, and she's like, he's like, I'll make an exception. I'll grant you another wish. But yet, normal average Joe in his office, oh, you've already made your wish. Yeah, and that that was the trick, was when Maxwell wishes to become the stone, he's doing it to gain power. He gives you a wish, but as in becoming the stone, he got to decide what you got wrong. He got to decide the price. That was his thing. You make a wish. Don't you wish? What What do you really want? I wish all these infidels were out of my country. Sweet. I'll take all y'all. That was the price. And then we went, ha ha, fool. I already sold all my own. 
He said, all right, then I'll take all your garments. Yeah. And then when the people get pissed off at you and come to kill you, you won't have no protection. Works for me. And all the guards go like that. So that was the trick with, with him was he, Maxwell took his wish and then used other people's wishes to gain power for himself. Yeah. But she had already made her wish, so he yeah. shouldn't have been able to. Yeah, and that's the point, is you had seen him earlier in the movie where if you had already made a wish, he really didn't give a fuck about you. Truthfully, once he was the stone, he didn't always take anything from you either. Because like his secretary, don't you wish you had more help here? Yeah, I really do. And she got more help, but he didn't charge her. And that was the thing with Cheetah. He said, look, I give you another one. No strings. I give you a freebie. In fact, hell, he actually says, I'll give you a freebie. And that's when she goes, well, I don't want to be like nobody else. I will be an alpha predator. And, you know, then she turns into a cat off screen. That was also a bit fucked. Yeah. If you're going to turn her into Cheetah, at least let you, let us see it. And, of course, when she becomes Cheetah, it's CGI, and it's at night. Yeah. So, so any flaws you don't see. Except uh... when they do close-ups of her talking. In which case, it looks horrible. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. they don't go full American Werewolf in London and just let you see it? Nope. No, she turns into Cheetah off screen. That's lazy. Yeah, it was cheap. It was cheap. See, before that, she's human and she's running. She's got all kind of animal prints on, you know, you know, different, like, leopard print or different cat print type stuff yeah, on. The 80s. Yeah. And, you know, she looks okay. And the way they have her fighting and moving, it's like fucking Diana. You know, she's got the same, you know, strength, the same this, that, and the other. Super agile. I had no problem with that. And, you know, as far as her cheetah look, when she's at a distance and she's bouncing around, they've got her moving like a freaking cat. I'm like, okay. But like Todd said, you don't get to see her change. She's just all of a sudden a cat. And then when you see it close up, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's some flaws. Because, I mean, you, she had literally been human just seconds before. Because yeah. when Maxwell gets, you know, access to the satellite thing where he can broadcast around the world, she's human. Yeah. She's human sitting there leaning up against the wall looking at him. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, bang, she's cat. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? I tell you what it feels like, Jason. You remember when we went to go see Green Lantern mm -hmm. and Sinestro becomes evil just because Sinestro had to become evil? Yep. It's that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like realized, oh, shit. we're going to turn her into something. Yeah. It was like, oh, shit. We're not doing the cheetah in the outfit? Shit. Uh, we got to turn her into cat. Fuck it. She's a cat. And that's... He was like, oh, boy, shirt, bitch, I'm a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's if, it. if they had left her like she was... But I'd have been fine. Yeah, there was there was considering she had, had literally spanked the hell out of Diana, there was really no point in changing her past that. Yeah. I mean she Oh, like I was telling Jason yesterday, you know how Diana how Diana gradually lost her powers? Mm hmm They should have done that with Cheetah. Well she just gradually gained them. In, yeah. Instead of making that instead of making the wish I wanna be like Diana, she should have made that I wanna be an alpha predator wish when she made that first one and let her gain the strength and gain the agility and basically let the look be the cause. Yeah. Well, you got everything you wanted. Now, you, now your ass don't look no kind of ways human. Yeah, because she said, I don't want to be like anybody else. Yeah. So that, that would have fit. That would have worked better. But 
they lost, they missed an opportunity yeah. there. But uh, Maxwell Lord, you have people comparing him to Trump. I can kind of see it in some ways, but because eh. he he does make a wall. He makes a wall. His hair is bad. He's a TV personality. Uh, he's a billionaire that doesn't actually have that much money. Yeah, he 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 got a con man aspect to him. You do have shots of him basically when he takes the power from the president. Uh, you get to see him, you know, with the presidential stuff behind him. I don't know how anti-Trump they would be in because the trick with Maxwell Lord in this is they show you why he's like that and they pretty much redeem him. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was one thing about uh, Wonder Woman 1984. None, none of the villains go to jail. Yeah. The, the last you see of Cheetah is, spoilers, she, you know, Diana saves her lays her down and goes in to fight Maxwell Lord and you never see Cheetah again. Well, you see her human. Yeah, you see her human, but you don't because she had, she renounced her wish. But you don't know what happens to her after no, that. No. Maxwell Lord, when she beats him, you see him again reuniting with his son. Yeah, he takes hell. He as soon as he comes to, he takes off. Yeah. He takes off, gets in the chopper and goes and finds his kid, which is amazing that his kid was there. And it's amazing that he could use the chopper because they had no more reason to That's true. follow his orders. Yeah, they, they would have had no more reason to listen to him. Also, my thing was that the kid renounced his wish. Because remember, the kid, when he runs into him, saying, like, I wish that you would come and find me. And he wasn't around no TV or nothing to tell him to renounce his wish. And it's a fucking eight-year-old. How, you know, how likely would he have been to have listened in the first damn place? Yeah. He's eight. Can he even say renounce? But as plot <laughs> so, holes go, that was a small one for this movie. And when you watch it, it feels bigger than that because I'm telling you, dude, it you got the impression it took a while to fly there and the kid was running around outside when all hell was breaking loose and as soon as that plane lands, that chopper lands, he runs right up to him. He comes running out of the bushes. It feels just as unnatural. As yeah. old girl waking up frumpy and er and everybody wanting to get with him. Yeah, it, it had that feel to it. Cause that was kind of that was when I was watching, I was like, God damn, he found that kid quick. Shit. Yeah. And then when the kid runs up and goes, I wish that you would find out something. Ha ha ha! You going to hell? The the one thing that they did that when when it happened, I hit pause and had to explain to Jennifer in the books. You know, Maxwell Lord has a power, and it's like. It's not necessarily wish, but he can push you to agree with him or push you to, hey, man, let me borrow your car. And you got a Lamborghini. You just hand him the keys to your Lamborghini unless you're like super, super strong willed. You know, I said, you know, like it doesn't work on like Superman, Wonder Woman or Batman or Green Lantern, you know, folks that you know are super strong willed. It don't even really work on the Flash because he thinks so fast that, you know, He's kind of the wish don't have time to take effect on him. But like in if he pushes his powers to use them, he'll get a nosebleed or his eyes will bleed or his ears will bleed. Well, that was his price. Yeah. His and, price was the price that he did was yeah, he became the stone, but but granting wishes hurt him. Yeah. I and so that, that's how the they had though. No, not in the comic, but in the movie. That yeah, was the movie. The trip. But they, they did a nod to the comics in the fact that every time he used his powers. He got a nosebleed, or his ears yeah. would bleed, or his eyes would, you know, they kept that. 
truthfully, that's a plot hole in the comics, too, but... Yeah. They had established a ways before that Max didn't have any powers. All right, we're going to deal with the big one? Yeah, let's deal with the big one. Yeah, we got six yeah, minutes. Brits. Wonder Woman, rapist. Yep. Uh, Which is going to require... Explanation. Explanation. And it's going to. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about consent, here's where it goes a little left. Uh, Diana, in the period of time, because that's the trick, both she and Diana make wishes on the thing, not believing it's real. You know, they, they think it's a piece of sistering. They don't, they don't respect it as something that actually works. And Diana makes the off remark that she wishes that her boyfriend was back. Yeah. So you rock on a little bit in the movie. She's there at a, at a company party. And you have this guy come up to her. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. That is overly familiar with him. You know, he's touchy because that's one of the themes of the movie is that the men tend to be a little too touchy-feely. Kinda, yeah, misogynistic. Kind of kind of toxic. Kinda, not quite full-on rapey, but... Just in that little creep zone, or they they touch when they shouldn't, when they should kind of keep their hands and make lewd comments without yeah. expecting any. Yeah. End. So well, as they, yeah. so he comes up and he's overly familiar and he's touching and she is pulling away from him like you know I don't know you, don't put your hands on me, I don't know you like that and he's trying to convince her that he's Steve, and he's quoting lines from the first movie. He takes his watch and puts it in her hand like Steve does in the first movie. And he says what Steve tells her. And as he explains himself more and more, she's, he starts looking like Steve. Yeah, the, the camera does one of those ramp. Was it ramp yeah, 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 going and around. At first she's seen him as the dude that has walked up on it. And as the camera pans back around, it's suddenly Steve yes, from Chris the Pine. first movie. Yes, Chris Pine. So, and from then on, Diana... And you, the viewer, see him as Steve. Everybody else in that movie sees the real guy. And when Steve looks in the mirror, he sees the real guy. You have to keep that in mind. Okay. So once she accepts, oh, this is Steve. Her mind sees him as Steve. Yeah. She goes back to his place and sleeps with him. The rapey thing is that wouldn't. Steve's consent to give because that was not his body. Uh, there is no respect from the heroes to this guy's life at all. You know he's an engineer. You don't know if he's got family. You don't know if he's got a girlfriend. You don't know if he's got a if he's gay. You don't know nothing. They do pretty much what they want to. And and the the kind of sick twist to it is. Nobody's concerned with the fact that he has hijacked somebody. Yeah. For for several days, almost what yeah, it's, a week. It's, it's like a, it's at least a week. Because, you know, they're flying from point A to point B. They go to Cairo. Yeah, and that, that ain't like a five-hour, you know, five-hour trip. That's a long way. They're in D.C. and fly to Cairo. And then they fly somewhere else. And then yeah. they fly to the yeah, back they, to the they, they do some traveling. It, that, that story takes at least... It takes at least a week. And, you know, they're running around. What about his job? What about his friends wondering about you? Know, what about if he, like you said, got a girlfriend or, or uh, whatever? They wrecked this dude's life. 
Yeah, they they when they steal a plane, you have to remember anybody that saw him didn't see Steve Trevor. They saw that guy. Yeah. So even, uh, when they they assault the White House at one point and fight federal agents, that wasn't Steve Trevor that they saw punching out a Fed. It was that dude. Yeah. Because even in the eighties, they would have had video cameras, and they have a digital. Well, you know they have cameras because Diana takes them out in the mall in the in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So, so it's not like there's not surveillance. So there's surveillance at the White House. So and the the there's surveillance in the Smithsonian where they stole a damn plane. Yeah, and so they because Diana when she walks up to the door she holds her ID card up. Yep. And he's standing right beside her. So you know he's on. They're both on camera. They jump in the plane and steal it. Okay. She might have an excuse. Oh, I was doing such such so and so. But if they don't return that plane, and you never see any more of that plane, because once she turns it invisible. Yeah, you can see inside the cockpit the you normal well, stuff, but from the outside it's fucking invisible. Yeah, and truth to tell, God knows if she can find it. She couldn't find the cup. Yeah. But uh that's that's where it goes kinda left is if you're gonna do a movie where you go, Well, you know, look at these guys, they don't have consent. They don't have consent to be that familiar, you don't have consent to be that touchy, you don't you don't you're not taking no for an answer. And then basically have your hero knock a dude have sex with a dude that you ain't got a bit more consent for than shit. Because, you know, they deal with that with Cheetah. When, you know, before she becomes this powerful individual, her and her mousy form, she's walking through the park, and you got this dude sitting on a bench that's drunk. That's that drunk. Gets, that gets overly familiar. And, you know, he comes up like, hey, baby, hey, you know, you know, and she's like, uh, uh, you know, no, no. And Diana is the one that swoops in and saves her. And, you know, kind of just shoves the dude. Well, you know, she's super strong. So when she shoves him, she shoves him a good 10, 15 feet, skids him across the parking lot. And so they, you know, she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I've taken some martial arts. It, you know, it, it. she makes the excuse for it, but that's why uh, Cheetah makes the wish that she makes. Yeah. And so later on, Cheetah in her not animal form, but her, you know, sexy. Like Diana form. Yeah. Is walking down the street and that same dude mouths off at her. And she beats the living hell. And she beats the hell out of him and punches it, not shoves, punches him. Well, she was kicking him. Yeah, I think she was kicking him. She was kicking him across the street. And she was like, oh, Diana was right. It really is about momentum. And she just keeps kicking him. Yeah. And, you know, she caves the dude's chest in and and then looks at him like road trash. And this homeless guy that she had been, you know, nice to before, gave him food and everything, he comes up and asks her, you know, what the hell kind of comment? And she's like, mind your own business. Mind, and, and it's hateful to him. It's like, yeah, that, that. Well, that was. That was the monkey paw. Yeah, that was the problem was that you're, you're sending a message. And then with your two heroes, you counteract the very message you were thinking about. Yeah. And that's, that's the point across. of that. That is the point of that. It's, yeah, there's no. And and like like I've said online, that's that's the part to me that even though Snyder was not involved, felt very Snyder to me. Yes. In that it's your heroes not giving a damn about innocent people. That when it comes to the people they care about, if you're the if you're super if you're lowest to Superman, or apparently Steve to Diana, fuck everybody else. Yeah. If you're the nameless Joe Blow on the street, they do not give a damn about your life, whether you live, die, whatever. Yeah, because once he's 
uh, doing these, you know, granting wishes left and right. It because you know you got a point where he's walking through the city. Go, hey, what would you wish for? And you had this one dude wish that he had, you know, owned a farm. Well, she gives him cows and all the stuff he needs to have a farm right there next to his apartment building. And you know, you got chaos in the street everywhere. All of a sudden, you know, her and, and Steve were walking around, and it's like. Everybody had a Porsche. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people had Porsches because a lot of people were wishing for Porsches. The trick to that still is, and it's another kind of thing where you go, some of the people's stuff is gradual. Some of the people get what they get. If she asked for Steve back, why in the hell did you just have Steve? I mean, if if you, if you he had just formed some damn wire. Still in his World War yeah. I outfit. Yeah, if he just popped up, oh, okay. you would not have any of that kind of questioning going on going well what about this dude why'd you do this this don't make good sense why in the hell you know they could have complete it's like the cheetah thing could have completely avoided that by literally just genie in his ass yeah i wish my boyfriend was back pop there he is there's a lot of stuff that could have been avoided that has become a problem for this Mm -hmm. movie yeah 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 and it's and it boils down to just flat out poor writing yeah, because like, but I got one more thing because we've been going kind of long. Yeah, I got one more. I got one last more, thing. I got one more plot hole for this thing, and it's this. Why ain't she done none of that? If this is set in 1984, which makes this basically a prequel, why ain't she got none of this shit she can do in this movie in Justice League? Yeah, yeah. You know, you you done seen because this is before you ever saw her in Batman v Superman, and it's before you saw you know. And it was, but after, but before Justice League. Yeah. She ain't flying in Justice League. Yeah, she ain't flying she, in Superman. Yeah, I she, mean, she rides lightning. Yeah. She does that again. Because remember in the, I can't remember if it was Justice League or Batman v Superman when she's lassoing lightning and riding it. When the hell did she lasso lightning? I don't remember that in Justice League. She didn't do that shit yeah, in we Justice League. Making, and, and, she never, and she never does nothing but fight Doomsday and. Because the first time you see the lasso, That's she's wrapping up. No, I'm, so, I'm telling you, she got new powers. Yeah, because she's riding lightning, and then at one point, she's flying without the plane. It's just her, like Superman style, and it's like, okay. And that's the trick. You sit there and go, well, because it's like, because when she's in the invisible jet with Steve, Steve talks about what the principles of flying are, and after she basically gives him up, she goes up in the air, she thinks about what he said, and then it's like she's riding wind currents. So it's like, are you flying? Because it's not a controlled fall, because that would still be kind of hulkily, where you'd be going up and down, but she, like, lassos a plane to get up in the air, and then lets the plane go, and you think, okay, so she's now she's doing a controlled fall. Nope. But no, because then, then she does her hands like Superman, and is going like, forward so you got forward momentum and then she spins the lasso like a helicopter blade kind of like thor's hammer for a while to get height and you're sitting there going what the what the hell are you doing yeah and then she starts lassoing lightning after she gets close to where the lord is because him mucking real with reality is creating a stone yeah yeah and that's when she starts spiding around lightning. that you sit there going why the hell are you doing that if you can fly yeah because when the movie ends, you know, the motherfucker just flies off. And it's like, the fuck? I get that Wonder Woman flies. Just just let her fly then. You know, oh, ain't no I can fly, I can fly. 
but you should have had a flying injustice league at least mm -hmm. i can understand you're not doing it in batman v superman you fight doomsday you ain't got no reason to fly for real but but damn injustice league yeah you, you know at some point you need to establish that you have the abilities yeah it's like another one i saw is she, i haven't been around in, in decades or how yeah yeah because that was the thing is Nobody, you know, when you when she first pops up, the whole thing is nobody had heard of Wonder Woman, because the whole thing at the end of Justice yeah. League is the fact that oh, there's there's a hero here that we didn't know about. Yeah, she got rid of cameras when she did that shit at the uh, mall. Not to, uh, but, not to cut in hard, I know we talked about this when we talked about the trailer for Wonder Woman, and we said we needed to wrap this one up. But yeah, so there's a lot of plot holes with the timing of stuff. Yeah. It's like pre, you know, it's like the writers and the director didn't realize a prequel is not a good time to introduce new stuff for the character well, to be able to do. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, the rumor was they were saying that they were not going, that the DCEU was not going to be like Marvel. You know, after Justice League kind of flopped, and they were like, oh, we're going, everybody, everything's going back kind of self-contained. Mm -hmm. But they, they're trying to have it both ways. It's well, it's self-contained, but it's still tied into this, and it's 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 basically a big clusterfuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those kind of things. It's not a horrible movie. The action scenes are good. The CGI is crap. My you buddy know, D, you got two and a half me, hours of your life. You got two and a half hours of your life that you want to waste. Waste them. You know, I've seen worse. Yeah, yeah. Is it only two I, and a half hours? Because you told me it felt like four. Oh, it does feel like four because it's dead in spots. But, you know, if you were on a plane or something, you know. Back right, when man. I was getting, getting uh, antibiotics, I'd love it. All right. So, anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap here. Uh, I guess the general consensus of those that have seen the movie is that it's not very good. At least out of the two we've got here and, and uh, my friend D at work. But, you know... Should direct, not write it. But, you know, let us know what your opinion is. Uh, you can leave something in the the comments below. Uh, we can be reached at thenerdeternal at gmail.com. Uh, on Facebook or Twitter, just search for The Nerd Eternal. You'll find us. So I've been your host for the day, uh, the experience of Home Call Jason. And with me again is Ben. CDL113. The Todd Father. And the token mood killer, Tarky. And we will see y'all next time.